Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensah, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensah is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Shall we pray before you resume your seats? Our Heavenly Father, when we gather, we gather before you. Speak to us as a father speaks to his children. Minister to us. If you want to save us, save us. Break our chains. Heal our sicknesses. Deliver us from curses. Help us to live lives that glorify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I do apologetics, defending why I believe Jesus saves, Jesus is the game changer, and Jesus is the only way. My argument is the Bible truth I have experienced. I mean, all his friends who know him can see that he has had an experience, an encounter, which no scientist, no lawyer, no atheist can ever disprove to the grave. Because even if you are a professor of criminology in the school of law, but you were not present when an accident occurred, and a farmer who's never been to school was there, his evidence is more weighty than yours in any court of law all over the world. So, if you say there is no Holy Spirit baptism, and he comes to stand up and share his experience, his experience defeats your argument, no matter who you are. That's it. Yesterday, we looked at the first part of Jesus, the game changer. This is the born again story. We make a mistake when we try to, to teach anybody to live a Christian life when he is not born again. I am a certified pastor. I was the regional pastor for our church before I got married. We have five children and seven grandchildren. I am a witness 
that the fact that your father is a pastor and your mother is a pastor's wife does not mean that you are born again when you are born. That is it. All our children needed to go through the new birth experience for themselves individually. So, being born in a Christian home is no guarantee that you are born again. In fact, it is even more difficult because you learn all the Christian answers and you start speaking in tongues from age five and you know everything Christian. You dress Christian. You speak Christian. You keep Christian company. But a stone in the fire never changes. It's still a stone. This is why Ghana is 71.2% Christian from the census 2021 census. But only 11% of Ghana goes to church. Half of Ghana claims to be Christian, but they are not in church on Sunday. So today, I'm talking about the second part of Jesus, the game changer, which is cleaning up your life for a revival from heaven. Cleaning up your life for a revival from heaven. The Bible is clear that the born again or new birth experience is supernatural. Ezekiel chapter 36 from verse 25 to 27. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you will be clean. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will take the heart of stone out and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my laws and in my statutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are become new. So what does God do for us? God in Christ Jesus condemned sin and set us free from being slaves to sin. If you read Romans, Romans chapter 1 says all non-Jews are sinners. 
Romans chapter 2 says all Jews are also sinners. Romans chapter 3 concludes that there is no difference. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 4 gives the example of Abraham's faith to be justified. Romans chapter 5 argues for the results of Jesus' work to justify us and explains that in Adam we die. In Christ we are made the righteousness of God. In Romans chapter 6, Paul explains why every Christian should be dead to sin. He says in Romans 6, 1, what shall we say? Should we continue in sin so that grace will abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin live in it? And he explains in Romans 6, 3 and 4 that do you not know as many of us as were baptized we were crucified with Christ. We died with Christ. We were buried with Christ in baptism and made alive together to newness of life. Therefore, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are now slaves to righteousness. Let not therefore sin have dominion over you. Now in Romans chapter 7, he explains the issue of indwelling sin. He uses the Greek word enoikeo. That means indwelling as a house. So from verse 14 all the way to verse 21, Paul argues that when I sin, it's not because I want to sin. The good I want to do, I'm not able to do. The evil I don't want to do, I find myself doing. So I know that it is not I who do it, but sin living in me, dwelling in me as a house. Thank you. Now, from chapter 8 of Romans, he begins to explain that in Christ, God destroyed this sinful flesh and its desires and gave us His Holy Spirit. So the law of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. Now this Romans chapter 8 is critical in the Bible. It's a golden chapter. Why? It explains that there are spiritual laws that govern the universe. Just as the physical laws do. Look at the law of gravity. When you jump, you come down. When you jump, you come down. 
Whether you are the son of a president or the son of a prisoner. But there is another law called the law of aerodynamics. This law is what makes birds and aeroplanes fly. There is gravity, but birds fly. Aeroplanes fly. Why? They are tapping into a higher law. So, a Boeing 732 can carry 700 passengers in a metal cage and rise up against gravity. This time, you are not jumping. They say, sit. Fasten your seatbelt. You are seated. And from Kotoka International Airport to Heathrow in London, on time, you land. It's a law. It's a law. The law of aerodynamics defeats the law of gravity and carries you into the air and flies you. So if you watch the shape of an aeroplane, it's in the shape of a bird. Because nature has conquered the law of gravity in the bird. And man saw it and grafted his ideas into that. Christianity is the same. What God has done is that in Christ he condemned sin. Then he put the presence of God into us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 and 20 says, What? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, The spirit which raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7. He says, because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You are no longer servants, but children, heirs of God. But it's not only God's spirit that dwells in us. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible says, Anyone who confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he in God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. He says, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. What does 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 and 17 say? It says, you are the temples of the living God. For God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk among them. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate. And touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters. What does 
John chapter 14 verse 23 say. It says that if you love me, says Jesus, you will keep my commandments. My Father will love you. We will come to you and make our home with you. Now, it's a very interesting chapter because John 14 from verse 1, he says, Jesus says, don't be afraid or anxious. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many houses, many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And the Greek word oikos, used for house, is the same one he uses in verse 23 of that same chapter. That I and my father will come and make our oikos, our house, with you. You are God's house on earth. So that after death, you will go to God's house and be with him there. Not only that, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, the Bible says you should work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for God is at work in you to will and to do according to his own pleasure. Now, all that I have said is about God the Father dwelling in you. Let's come to Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians 2, verses 5 and 6. It says, when we were dead in trespasses and sins, God made us alive together with Jesus and raised us up together with Jesus and seated us together with Jesus in the heavenly places. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 exhort us to fix our hearts and our thoughts on heavenly things where Christ is seated. And he argues in verse 3 and 4 that, For you are dead. Your life is hidden with Christ inside God. What does John 14, 20 say? In John 14, 20, Jesus told his disciples, In that day you will know that I am in the Father. You are in me and I am in you. What does 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 say? He says, anyone who unites himself with Jesus becomes one spirit with him. What does Colossians 1, verse 18 say? He says, Christ is the head of the body, the church. You, you are the body of Christ. What does 1 Corinthians 2.16 says? Say, it says we have the mind of Christ. Please, put this together. You are one spirit with Jesus. You are the body of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. But that's not all. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 says, Anybody who is baptized 
has put on Christ as a dress. But that's not all. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me from within. Romans chapter 8 verse 37 We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. As if that were not enough. There are other Galamse Bible verses that are to help us. Hebrews chapter 13 verses 5 and 6. He says, let your mind be free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because he has said, never, never will I leave you. Never, never, never will I forsake you. Therefore, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32 says, what shall we say then? If God be for us, who can be against us? He did, who did not spare his own son, but gave him for us freely. What is there that he will not also give us? Yesterday I mentioned to you the verse I want when I die to be put on my tomb. It's First Corinthians 10, 13. He says, no temptation has ever taken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. He will never, never, never let you be tempted beyond your strength. But with the temptation, He will provide a door of escape so that you can bear it. I could go on the whole morning. But the point is, 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 says, you are of God, little children. You have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Therefore, if you want to build a hand coop, you don't bring articulators of sand, another ten articulators of stone, then 15 articulators of cement to build a hand coop. You don't form a committee to brush your teeth. Why is heaven so in interested in you that the Holy Spirit has come to make his home in you and Christ in you and God is in you to will and to do according to his own pleasure? Why is he building a hand coop? It's because Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places when he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has a plan for your life. Romans chapter 11 verse 29 says, The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. And Romans 8 29 says, Those whom God foreknew, 
He predestined that they should be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. So that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I am glad that when we see Jesus, there will be nothing like I'm Baptist, I'm Lighthouse, I'm Pentecost, I'm Assemblies of God. First John 3, 1 to 3 says, Beloved, see what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God, and His children we are. We don't know what we shall be. And the world doesn't know us because it doesn't know him. But we know. But we know. But we know that when we see Jesus, we shall be like him. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself as Jesus is pure. The Bible standard for holiness, ministry, character is not Assemblies of God. It's not Church of Pentecost. It's not a church in America. It's not a YouTube video you watch about a man of God who came and said this. The Bible standard for life and holiness is Jesus Christ. When I hear Ghanaian saying, my pastor says, who is your pastor? Who is your pastor? I qualify to say what I'm saying. 43 years as an ordained pastor in Ghana. If I don't talk about pastors, who should talk about them? Who is your pastor? When he stands on judgment day before God, that day when he is trembling, you will see that there's nothing like Abishop, Pope, or bishop, apostle before God. He is also going to be judged. So when he says something and you hold it as Bible truth, what, what are you about? You, you are going to invest it. You've been reading big, big books for, of science and medicine, medicine and what have you. And you have not read your Bible. You say, my pastor says, shame to you. The scripture expects us to clean our lives. Jesus was not mad when he said in Matthew 5.48, Be perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect. As I speak now, there are over 400 translations of the English Bible from the Greek. That word perfect is translated in other places blameless, righteous, everything. But Matthew 5.28, not 5.48, cannot be twisted. Because it says, be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. And it's a logical conclusion from what Jesus was arguing. He was saying, you have heard it said that you shall not commit murder. I say to you, if you are angry with your brother without a cause, 
you will fall into judgment. You have heard it said that you should not commit adultery. I say to you, if you look at a woman to lust after her in your heart, you have committed adultery with her in your heart. You are just waiting for the opportunity. And I know what I'm speaking about. All those of us who masturbate with pictures of girls before us, we know that you want that girl badly. And then you begin to fantasize and imagine yourself sleeping with her. If you do it before you came to Jesus, the game changer, should you do it after you have met Jesus? Yes, that's it. Jesus was bold to say in John 14, 12, that if you believe in me, the works I do, you will do also. And greater works than this will you will do. Because I'm going to my father. I've heard some pastors say, nobody in my church can be greater than me. You are not like Jesus. He said, the works I do, you do also. And greater works than this. Your pastor says, you can't be greater than him. Jesus said in John 20, 21, he said, peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Matthew 10, 40, Luke 10, 16. They all say, Jesus said, anybody who receives you, receives me. Anybody who rejects you, rejects me. So, you can't put one leg in Christ and one leg in the world. Because you want to enjoy both. You, you, you know, you, you want both, you know. When you see your friends grooving, yeah, groove it and now. Then you say, ah, hmm, this Christianity thing. Not because of I'm a Christian, like I'll be there with them. So you look left, right. If nobody is looking at you, you watch some porno on your 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 mobile phone, and then you listen to Shatawali a little and shake your head, and then a Christian uh, president is coming. Okay, okay, yes, uh, praise the Lord. Hey, kiamba baba, kianda. Koriander, Shakianda. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one says, Therefore, having these promises, let's cleanse ourselves from every defilement of sin in the flesh and in the spirit, and perfect holiness in the fear of God. Brother, sister. Nobody had a church for Enoch, but he walked with God 300 years. And God took him to heaven alive. There were, there were no apostles, prophets, evangelists to preach to Elijah. He walked with God and God took him to heaven by V8. Yes. You see, what about Moses? Eh? Exodus 33, 11 says God spoke with Moses face to face as a man speaks with his neighbor. God was angry with Israel. I'm leaving them. They are too stiff now. And Moses said, please, please, please. Because of me. And God said, okay, I will stay because of you. One man can change this campus. Yes. Because you carry the presence of God on the campus and make a difference. 
What about Noah? Who had a church for Noah? What about Abraham? Who walked with God until God called him his friend? You see, these people never had the full Bible we have. Never since the world began has the Bible been so common on everybody's mobile phone and on your laptop and you name it. Never since the world began has the Bible been so common. Therefore, this generation will be judged more seriously for not reading your Bible. And you must understand that they never saw Jesus. Jesus, his walk, his crucifixion, his shed blood, his resurrection. Old Testament saints didn't know that. Nobody formed a church for them. But they lived for God. And David could say, search me, O God. Know my heart today. See if there is any wicked way in me. Cleanse me. Why, why is this generation like this? You, you want to force Christianity to be like you. You don't want to change. But you want the Christian message to be yours. What is the meaning of that? If you come to Jesus, your coming to Jesus affects the kinds of friends you keep. The kinds of music you listen to. The kinds of dresses you put on. The kinds of places you go. Because you have met Jesus. And when he is your friend, there are certain places when you go and you are conversing with some of your friends, you see the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God the Father withdraw to go and have a conversation because the company you are keeping is driving them away. Why? You are in church and you are living like that. How can your character impact others? Some of these things, I say them in public. Because you must know that knowing Jesus and making him known, being discipled by Jesus and becoming a disciple maker is more important than any degree you can get from this university. My roommate, when I was here, P24, he has been mad now for 38 years. Completely mad. My roommate. Why should I not live for Jesus? And I can tell you some even more terrible things that have happened to Legonites who were with me on campus. I'm glad Professor Newman is here. He was with me on campus. Do you understand? We need stable Christians in the system. We need faithful Christians in the system. We need pillars of truth, oaks of righteousness, men and women who stand for Jesus. And everybody knows that, yeah, that's it. Stable Christianity advertises Jesus. Because people who knew you on campus to be 
to be leading prayer. And when you are leading, you are, yeah, yeah. Five years, ten years, fifteen years, and there's no Christianity around you. What, what, what game changer is Jesus in your life? So Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 say that. You know, Hebrews 12 comes after Hebrews 11. When he roll calls the heroes of faith from Abel through Noah, Enoch, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and what have you. But chapter 12, he says, Therefore, having these witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings to us and run with patience, perseverance, the race before us, looking unto Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Now he is seated at the right hand of God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2. Hebrews 3, 1. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. First John chapter 2, verse 6. He says, anyone who says he abides in Jesus should walk as Jesus walked. You should fix your steps on Jesus' steps. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. This is why you have been called. Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should walk in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. I want to put it to you. You can clean up your life. Philippians 4, 8. He says, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. I can tell you some of my experiences before I put down the mic. One of them, you know, I was one lady in my class. I was praying for her. She expressed interest in Christian fellowship. So I started going for her and taking her to the cafe meetings. Sana. I was silently falling in love with her. So, one day, she came to Legon Hall. I thought she was coming to my room. Then she went to another boy's room. Then I felt took her in my heart. Then I said, hey, is this thing still there? And I went to the uh, Legon Primary School and I told God the day I fornicate just kill me that's all just kill me and if when I was en- engaged I told God if you keep me from this girl I don't smooch her I don't kiss her when we marry and I go for the honeymoon I'll give you a three day fast that's what I did on my honeymoon, I and my wife had a three-day fast. You see? Listen. 
If you don't honor God on campus, but you expect him to honor you, you miss it. First Samuel 2.30 says, Them that honor me, I will honor. But them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. I'll tell you two more and give up. When we were here, there was some problem between myself and the UCF president. And he called me. I didn't mind him. And he said some things. Then I went as a missionary to Mauritania. And I was seeking the face of the Lord. And he told me, go back to the UCF president and apologize. So when I came back from Mauritania, I went to the house of himself and the wife with a friend. After my apology, three months afterwards, he died. Number two, when I was in secondary school, Form 3, those days, the Form 4 boys were in charge of, you know, the school. Because the six formers were too busy, form five. So, one of my form four seniors, he did the roll call. And he called my name. And instead of saying, present, sir, I said, sayas. And everybody laughed. And he said, behave yourself. Then Mensah said, sayas. I was bigger than him. He couldn't beat me. My friend said, hey, senior, I said, leave me. After I became a pastor, even a regional pastor, one time I was waiting on the Lord in a 10-day fast. And God told me to go back to senior CIO and apologize for what I did. I said, ah! But... Where am I going to find Senior CIO now? But that, he closed the conversation. Then I went to our headquarters in Tema. And our head pastor said, Yes, yes, yes. I want to send you to Ho, you know, to do something for me. I picked my briefcase. I went to the Ashama barrier. A four by four was passing by. And it stopped and said, come, come, come. I looked left, right, because I didn't know anybody on that whole road. He said, no, it's you, you. So I rushed. And when I got to the car, there was Senior Sierra. He had become the Volta Regional Head for State Insurance. And he was coming from Accra. And he just saw me by the roadside and said, oh, come and join this uh, a car and stop wasting our time. And immediately I entered, I began with my apology. I want to tell you that the God we serve is a sensitive God. There are certain things in your life, only God can point them out to you. One day I was waiting on the Lord and I saw, ah, I saw that the roof of my bedroom was lined up with all my former girlfriends, but 
This one, it was black and white. It wasn't colored. When I woke up, I said, ah, Father, what does this mean? He says, look, some patterns of thoughts in your mind still link up with these girls. You have to deal with it. And I said, wow. Everybody is calling me apostle. But in my mind, if you are here, you are struggling with anything, but today you want to come out, please, let's do it fast. Just rush here and let me pray with you and then we settle it. You are struggling with some sin. You yourself know that this one, dear, I need grace. <laughs> I know it's difficult, but that's why I'm asking. You are struggling with something. I'm not going to ask you to tell us, but you know that this one, I need prayer. Let's do it quickly, and then that's it. Thank you for clapping for them. This is boldness, you know. In a university setting to come out, it means you mean business. And God means business with those who mean business with Him. Thank you. Please lift up your hands. Just say it after me. Say, Lord Jesus. You broke the power of this sin over my life. Today, I take authority in the name of Jesus and renounce this sin in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Spirit of God, Come, take hold of me in Jesus' name. Yes. Now be quiet. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Kianda Hapa Kakima. Holy Spirit. Yes. Aya, ya, Kianda Haba Gekeka. Gekeka Maga Kianda. Habega Kika. Ye, ya, ya, Maga Kianda. Hake Kianda. Hey, be free. Be loose. In Jesus' name, be loose, be free. In Jesus' name, be loose, be free. In Jesus' name, Kianda Habaka, Kianda, Holy Spirit, more, drink more, drink more of His presence and His power. Take more, take more of the anointing of the God upon your life. Take more, take more of the fire, of the fire of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Kianda Habeka Kiyama, receive strength in your inner man to break forth in Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you. It's done. Amen. Please resume your seats. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Men's books and keep up with his ministry at www. 
jfkmensministries.org. God bless you.